Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. When we come to chapter 5 in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul has moved from his defense of the gospel as he preached it to practical considerations of what is going on in the churches in Galatia. As you might recall, the issue in Galatia was that some who were very zealous for the Jewish law had come in and had introduced teaching that amounted to a nullification of the gospel, a distortion of the gospel that made it not a gospel at all. And he's, he, the apostle went about defending the true message of the gospel, which is the way he had preached it. And he did this defense through multiple types of argument, looking at his own early experience in history, looking at scriptural argument, an argument from the actual experience of the Galatian Christians who had come into an experience of full blessing from God simply by faith and not to works of the law. Having defended the truth of the message of the gospel as the message he had preached it, he gives some practical instructions. Some of these instructions have their basis in an illustration in the Old Testament. That illustration came in the book of Genesis and was uh, dealt with earlier in Chapter 4, the instruction to the Galatian believers is that they should remove from their midst the corrupting influence of legalism. They should remove from their midst the teachers who are advocating this false message which makes the gospel to be not a gospel. And so when we come to chapter 5, he has already told them in verse 9, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. This is not good. This is a leavening influence. The false teaching is going to permeate and corrupt the life of the church as regard to the truth of the message. So just as at Passover, perhaps is the background here, all leaven is removed from the household in Israel, so the Galatians should remove the false doctrine of Judaizing legalism from the practice and experience of the church. They should remove the teachers. That was already brought out earlier. When we come to Galatians 5.10, the apostle speaks to them this way, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. They should take action to exercise a penalty to remove heretics from the midst of the church. Part of the duty of the shepherds and pastors of the church is to guard the sheep. And the sheep should be fed with life-sustaining, truly nourishing truth of God. It's the duty of the ministers in the church to ensure that God's flock is fed on God's truth. Such a heresy or false teaching as was present among them that made the gospel to be of no effect was deadly. It made people then rely on their own external works of religion as somehow 
gaining some merit before God and took away the, the, the understanding and perspective of the true value and sufficiency of what Jesus had done. Christ has secured salvation for our sake, for all repenting, believing human beings, purely and completely on the basis of what he had accomplished through his death and resurrection. That is sufficient to present any sinner as righteous before God. The blood of Jesus Christ washes us clean from all sin. It is counterproductive then to try to improve upon the work of Christ through the contribution of our little piddly works. And these works amounted to external acts of righteousness like circumcision, observance of religious calendar, maybe even abstaining from certain foods, eating certain kinds of foods. So all of these really have nothing to do with the real person. And the Lord Jesus himself had spoken in his ministry while he was here on earth about what defiles man is what comes from the heart, and that's where the real problem is, not in regard to food and things that go in or things we touch, etc. So he writes to them saying this leaven is leavening. It, it makes the whole thing sour and that he would agree with them. They would agree with him and that the one who is troubling them would bear the penalty, whoever he is. And I assume that penalty is that he would be removed from their midst from having this role to further corrupt the church. It is important for God's truth to be proclaimed in all its purity. Otherwise, it does not save. To receive salvation, we should simply receive what God offers on his own terms. And when this is distorted through our own efforts, then we lose sight of what it is that Christ has done and how bad our problem is. And we are still on a path of somehow earning merit and achieving things on our own, which we cannot do. So we are using inefficient, unable, incapable resources, resources and methods to achieve what God himself has to give us in his infinite grace and by his infinite work purely as a gift. The Apostle Paul then uh, moves to his own experience that they should be assured that he is still preaching this message. That is, the big conflict of the day was a zeal for the law and its regulations and a desire to impose that even on those who were now Christians. So in the early days of Christianity, the Christian faith operated as sort of a subset or as a sect within Judaism. They all began as Jews. All of the apostles were Jews. The early church consisted entirely of people who were in Jerusalem, in, in Israel, who were Jews by birth and practice. And so the Christianity began then as a schism or a division, as a group within broader Judaism. And so there was a great effort to keep them within the fold by imposing the works of the law and circumcision and those regulations. So this is the the conflict that Paul was feeling, he himself was persecuted for his presentation of the pure gospel. And his message was distorted. Uh, he was slandered by people as teaching, 
people to apostatize from, from Moses and that he was preaching against the law. And he was not preaching against the law. He was simply saying that the requirements of the law have been fulfilled in Christ. And when you come to Christ and embrace him, what is now continuing and is relevant are the more substantial things of a changed life, not external regulations of various sorts which belong to the elemental basic things of religion, which pertain to a stage of infancy and immaturity, not the adult status and the major status that are acquired through faith in Jesus Christ. So he was very clear on these points, but he was persecuted precisely for preaching this message. So in verse 11 of Galatians 5, he says, But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? You might be aware or can become aware by reading the final chapters of the book of Acts that Paul, on his final visit to Jerusalem, when he went actually to be uh, there in time for a Jewish festival, and to visit the temple as a worshiper, uh, he was slandered, accused, arrested, and led to, it led to a chain of events where he became a prisoner of the Roman government. And he was tried, uh, held in prison in Caesarea for a couple of years, and then shipped off to Rome, where he was to stand trial under Caesar. So the, the, the Jews, in fact, uh, in Jerusalem had made a conspiracy even to murder him uh, while he was held in prison uh, at this stage of his uh, arrest. So he says, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? He had truly experienced persecution in various forms. It would, the easy thing for him would have been to compromise and say, okay, guys, no problem. Jesus and circumcision, Jesus and the dietary laws, Jesus and the Sabbath keeping, uh, Jesus and the special calendar, calendar days of religious feasts and things. And everyone would have been happy with him. But he couldn't go that direction because it would have been wrong before God. That was not the message of God. The message of the gospel is something that he had received from the risen Lord Jesus himself. He had no authority to change it. He could not say that things which have been completed and, and done away with in Christ are still operational. That would have been wrong. Would have been the expedient thing for him to do, but would have, that expediency would have been incorrect, would have been false. Something would have been held accountable before the Lord for. So he says, if I still preach circumcision, in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. But he doesn't preach it. And they should themselves, therefore, pay attention to his stance and change their perspective on it, not be influenced by the error. And this little section then concludes with a statement that in recent, uh, the more recent translations has been stated in a particular way. The English Standard Version, for example, reads, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. They are preaching this cutting off of the male foreskin so much, and if they are so zealous, let them cut the whole thing off. The older translation suggests the King James, however, doesn't read it this way. It says, uh, I wish that those who do this, unsettle you, trouble you, would cut themselves off. 
And I think there is something to be said in favor of that reading. He had earlier spoken to them of, out of the book of Genesis that cast out the slave woman and her son for the son of the slave shall not inherit with the slave son of the free woman. Uh, he had used the story from the life of Abraham to suggest that the Judaizers should be expelled. In the earlier section, he speaks of leaven and that the one who is troubling them should bear the penalty. And it's very possible that he is simply saying, I wish rather than your having to expel them, that such people would remove themselves voluntarily, cut themselves off. So that would have been the, rather than being troubled with the heresy and false doctrine and then the church have to expel them, it would have been so much better if these false teachers found it better to leave the Christ movement, the Christian church alone with its message of the gospel centered on the Lord Jesus and not trouble them with the Judaizing heresy. But very often this is not the, the, the privilege and experience and benefit of those who are holding on to the true gospel. There are always forces at work seeking to corrupt the message. There are even within gospel understanding affirming people tendencies of external righteousness that crop up, which plays more value on religious routine and modes of doing things, and they consider those things more righteous than the blood of Jesus Christ and what it has done. They would never say so, but in actual practice, give much more emphasis to externalities. But that would be wrong, and it would be best for the church to return to a total commitment to the centrality and sufficiency of the work of Christ to present sinners as righteous before God. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.